Good morning. It is good to be here today. If you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. That's where we're going to be hanging out today as we look in God's Word together. We'll make sure that that's down for everybody. As we look at it, we're going to be talking about what it means to be made different. Um, I don't know how your, your week has been. Maybe it's been a good week. I, I had a, an, an amazing thing happen this week. I told you a few weeks ago about a, a gentleman I met on the plane um, uh, while we were traveling on our trip, just a really uh, nice guy as we started talking about Scripture together. Uh, an amazing thing happened this week. Uh, I, I had a message, written hand message on my desk that said, Hey, Pastor David, uh, this, this man said he met you on a plane. He wanted to ask if it was okay to continue the conversation. And, and you know what? I'm thinking, man, God, you're amazing. And, and, it, and it hit me because I had this conversation talking about missions this week as well as we look at uh, our focus in Central America and other things that, that you know God has not called you and I just simply to tell people about Jesus. You, you know that, correct? Like, that is a part of it. But that's the beginning, Right? When we, when we share Jesus with someone, here's, here's how serious it is. This, is. this is an amazing thing. It is a commitment. Right? When you share Jesus with someone, and I share it, we need to make sure it's a commitment on our part that says, I want you to grow up in every way towards Christ. And so if that means I thought this was an hour conversation, it turns into a lifelong relationship I'm in. We were just talking about how we, we invest in people. I was talking to a mom at my son's soccer game this weekend, and we were just talking about the investment of different people into their kid's life. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing how we make a difference in someone else's life when we invest long-term into it. But in the other way, sometimes maybe it's hard to see how we've been truly made different. Now, I, I'm not going to show a poll of hands in here, but I will tell you this. I have had a relationship with Jesus Christ for certain. I know I was baptized in May of 1989. I know I was a believer then. I, I made a decision for Christ. My mom tells me when I was even younger and I was raised in the church, and that's good. But I can point to May in 1989 and say, I know that I know that I know. That was when I gave my life to Christ. My fervor... When I first came to, to know Christ, it's not the same today. And have you ever had that thought? I, I wish I had that same, you know, chutzpah, that same fire that I did when I first came to know him. You're not abnormal, but it's not accurate either. That's why I think Ephesians 2 is for all of us. Now, I'm not going to ask you to get blinded and look up, but I want to let you know about the first time I walked into this sanctuary. Eric Wald, uh, who sings in our praise team, was with me, in the, and, and we walked in. He showed, and he turns on light, and he says, this is our sanctuary. And you would expect me to say something really amazingly spiritual. But my first thought was, my first words out of my mouth was, wow, are these all the lights that work? That's the first thing. You remember that, Eric, when we had this? Eric's ready. I'm going to say something really pastoral. And, and so at the time, we counted. There were about 130 light fixtures in here. And at the time, about 34 lights worked. And, and so then we, we replaced a bunch of them and found out a lot don't work and things like that. And then we were coming through the other day, and we've been talking about, man, we've got to get these lights working. It seems like it's getting dark again. Some of you thought this was mood lighting, right? This is 100% right <laughs> so so we come through and i said hey i'll do a quiz how many lights do you think are working 37 but 37 out of 130 lights that work 
in there and so we got a team that's working on how do we how do we resolve that and get lights working it's gonna be a whole new day when we can see what each other actually looks like in worship won't it it'd be like wow but but in that i i didn't notice the first time i walked in it made a stark impression on me but you know four and a half years later what happens light bulb goes out after light bulb goes out and i just get used to it have you ever just gotten used to something it seems like there's just kind of this fade that happens along the way, and all of a sudden you realize, man, we're, we're back where we started, and this looked really odd for me than originally when I walked in, but now it doesn't look so odd. At our last church, I remember the first time I walked in, I went to the bathroom. We had our, you know, you have their, your handicap rails in the, in the bathroom, you know, it helps you get up and get down. Well, in our church at the time, we didn't have those rails on the wall. They were mounted to the, to the seat, and so when you sat down, every kid was a fighter pilot. It was amazing. That was odd. It was strange. And I recognized at the beginning, and we fixed some things, but then along the way, you start realizing that, man, things that stood out to me at one point in time, they, they, they just seem duller now. Like my senses are not as sharp towards certain things as other things. You know, the way that, that I can tell when something is not quite right is not normally checking it against my memory. It's putting it up against what's real. I, I eyeballed a paint color once on the side of my garage. Have you ever eyeballed a paint color? Yeah, that looks the same. Have you ever done that? It's not the same. You know that, right? So if you come to my house, you'll see about a third of the side of my garage looked about the same it's not near the same because when you put it up next to what's real you start to see it's dramatically different now this is really important because ephesians 2 is in light of ephesians chapter 1 and it's not going to be on the screen but if you have your bible look at ephesians chapter 1 just go that in verse 20 we're going to read 20 21 22 and 23 because i want to walk you into this with me it says that he worked in christ <clears throat> this is talking about the lord when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. There's a reason that chapter two follows that description of Christ, because God says, here's the real paint color. Here's what truth looks like. Here's what hope looks like. Here's what life looks like. Now, everything that follows after this, I want you to see in light of Christ. Like putting that paint swatch on the wall so you can see what it, the right color looks like and how you are or are not in line with Christ. He makes it really clean, makes it really clear. And so he starts off chapter 2. We're going to read verse chapter 2, verse 1, all the way through verse 10 together. We're going to keep coming back to verse 1 over and over. 1, 2, and 3. If you have a Bible, read it with me. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, which in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body, the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. 
like the rest of mankind. Do you see how that's, a pause for a second, do you see how that's in stark contrast to what the Lord just said about Jesus Christ? He is above every name. He is holy. He is set apart. Everything under his feet. And this is what man outside of Christ is. This is what you and I, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, once were. It's a stark picture. And then verse 4 says this, But God, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so in the coming ages he might show us the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ, and by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works works with God prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in them you see you you're somewhere today and and my guess is that you're going to find yourself as you listen to this sermon as you listen to this talk today in one of three three places One is you're saying, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't don't have a spot with him. If if that's where you are, the word of God in Ephesians chapter 2 is directly for you. Because God wants you to know not only where you stand outside of him, but where he's calling you, where he's wooing you by grace, what he's inviting you into as well. Some of you are walking strong. You could look in the mirror and say, God, I don't want to say this. It's not boasting. I can say it, but by your grace, my faith is growing. Lord, I I see your spirit moving in my life. I see your authority working before me, and I feel like I am cheating the system because I am walking, fighting battles, overcoming victories that I shouldn't win. It's almost like I feel like I'm, I'm walking with your people in Deuteronomy. And you said there's giants in the land, but don't worry, I'm going before you. If, if that's where you are today, I want you to be encouraged that that is the life that God has called you to. That is, that is where God has moved you to. This is what Christ died for. But then some of you might find yourself right here. Where it just seems like life in Christ has grown dim. In fact, if I were to describe life to you and you had to pick whether it looked like this one or whether it felt like that kind of thing, you would say, I know I'm not on the outside looking in, but pastor, when you talked about realizing that there was a problem with the lights four and a half years ago and then somehow along the way you got used to the dimness, maybe you're saying, I've kind of gotten used to life in Christ that doesn't feel like what this scripture talks about. Here's what I want you to know. God gave his son, Jesus Christ, so that you could be made different. That's really important today. You in Christ Jesus are not the same as you once were. And so what Christ is calling you to do is not just recognize that, but to follow him to understand what freedom looks like. And so today we're just gonna paint two definitions what life is without Christ and what life is with Christ. In church, there was never meant to be anything in the middle. 
There was never meant to be this dim existence waiting for the weeks to pass so the Lord would just call us home and get it all over with. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came that you might have life to the full. Right here, right now, leaning forward, looking for the joy before you, but living in that fullness now. And I want to talk to you about the distractions. So if you have your Bible, we'll start it like this. Your points will show up on the screen. They'll also be here. But, but the first thought is this. Read verse 1, 2, and 3 with me, Ephesians chapter 2 again. This is what the Bible says. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins, which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body, the mind, that were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Verse 1 says this, that outside of Christ you're a dead man walking. This is what life outside of it. David's illustration about the, the screw gun, the drill with a dead battery, it, it's worthless. It, it's, it's not worth, it's not going to work. Life outside of Christ is like that, but more. See, the Bible says that as you were, and you were dead in the trespasses and sin. Let me tell you something about the description God tells us about dead men walking. Trespasses mean outside of the boundary. That's what trespass means, right? You get that. Someone comes on your property, they are outside of their boundaries. They are where they're not supposed to be. It's really clear. Don't walk here private property you're trespassing trespassing simply means you have gone outside of the path that is appropriate that you are supposed to be on you are outside of the boundaries now what sin means is that you're aiming at the wrong thing that you're missing the mark you see what god says is this is outside of christ jesus you don't know where the boundaries are and you don't even know what to aim at. You're dead to sensitivity of knowing what the grace of God is. You are dead not understanding what full life looks like. So you're exploring every angle way outside of the boundaries. You're looking for love, as the song would say, where? In all the wrong places. That's exactly what trespassing in sin is. It's, it's looking outside of the grace and the love and the face of God. And here's the deal. You don't have any ability to do otherwise. You're not, you're not the, the, the lone person trying to discover the hidden treasure. The Bible doesn't say you're sick looking for a cure. The Bible says outside of Christ Jesus, you are aiming at the wrong place. You are on the wrong track. You are living in an everlasting impossibility. Church, when you and I in Christ are tempted to go looking to discover God outside of him, there's a reason that things have gone dim. 
because you've kept your eye off the creator you've taken your eye off the lord this is not the plan that god has for you he didn't make you he didn't send his son so that you could go on a spiritually numb scavenger hunt that's that's not what life is all about instead go to verse 10 the bible says it this way for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus to do good works which he prepared, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk within him. I want you to see the dramatic difference between our state outside of Christ and our state in Christ. Because some of us might need a reminder of what our first love is and what power and what life and what joy God gives to us. He says that you are God's workmanship. Now, now, this is a, an amazing picture. Workmanship means that we, A-R-T-I-S-T, -I, I can't spell, artistic skill, that we display God's artistic skill. Isn't that amazing? That, that you and I were created in Christ, were made different from dead men walking, spiritually insensitive, unable to respond, aiming at the wrong place, living outside of the boundaries of joy and life and hope and restora restoration. And yet says, the Bible says, but God has made a difference. He's made you different in Christ Jesus. You are his workmanship. You display the artistic skill of God. In fact, the Greek word here is where we get our word poem from. You're, you're the poem of the Lord. In Christ Jesus, he has designed you specifically to do something. And this is different from just being an image bearer. Do you understand this? This is really key. Right? In the Bible, Genesis says that God made man in his image. Right? That we as men and women bear the image of God. And, and that's different than being God's workmanship in Christ Jesus. The best way I could tell you is this. Christy said, I love you to me in an amazing way this week. She started trimming our um, Indian hawthorns. Now, I told you a few months ago that I started, well, I didn't finish. And I was talking to her about it this week and how difficult it was. And I've got trees to trim. And so this week, right after it rained, she says, I'm muddy and I love you. Like, wow, I love you too. I think we should just kill them all. I didn't say that on the phone, right? But she showed me what, let me tell you, the difference between unkept bushes... And what now is in front of our house is dramatic. One just showed a plant. But when we were shaped, when they were reshaped, now they show a skill. They highlight our house. You know what my wife said to me? She is the most beautiful thing ever. She said, when we back out of the driveway, why don't you just drive by the house? And let's look at how, how good it looks. Now, do you know why she said that, men? Because every time I mow an edge or cut a tree, you know what I say? Hey, kids, let's roll down the windows and let's just look. Showing my artistic skill. It's so true, right? Do you do that, men? Do you, like, step back? Last night, it was late. I said, I'm going to go get the mail. The mail wasn't in there. I stood in front of my house, and I said, it's good. It displayed artistic skill. Do you know in Christ Jesus, sorry, this is not, someone's not playing with the lights. We just have a light about to go out because it's church. But you display in Christ Jesus 
God's artistic skill. How different is this? You have a purpose, and your purpose isn't just the drudgery to endure or to survive, but in Christ, he has made you to be his artistic, skillful person in this world. Regardless of how much your bones ache, regardless of how much you know or you don't know, regardless of your age being too high or too low, in Christ Jesus, you are made different. No longer aiming at what you don't know you're aiming at. And being set on a course with a purpose, not bearing the image of God alone, but being His handiwork. So first of all, God makes us move from being dead men walking to displaying his workmanship. The second is this, excuse me, you and I move from following the world's course to, to walking in his ways. Isn't that interesting? Go, go back to chapter 1, or chapter 2, verse 1 through 3 again. I want you to listen for what Christ says or what the Lord says through Paul about this. And you were dead in the trespasses of sin in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit is now that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. You see, what Scripture says is this. Outside of Christ, you were walking the course. You were getting swept up in the ways of this world. You're getting caught up into it. The, the best example I could say is this. Have you, have you watched any good college football games or maybe any NFL games? It seems like there's always a Green Bay Packers. God bless their hearts. It seems like when it's negative four outside and freezing to death, there's one gentleman that ate at church, their church fellowship a little bit longer than everybody else, who's painted his whole body. He doesn't have a shirt on, but he's painted Green Bay like paint keeps you warm. And he's out there with a football helmet on, two, two fingers in his hand. He's going crazy. Have you, have you noticed that fans get swept up in the moment and they're enthusiastic and they're, they're belly bumping with people they don't know and they're, they're, they're ordering a soda for, you know, have you noticed that enthusiasm in a sports team sweeps you up and you act in a way that you wouldn't normally act? Man, I want to let you know something, gentlemen. I have a loving wife. She knows me well. If I love A&M. If I show up on Saturday morning with a painted A&M jersey on, a 12th man helmet on, and the big finger, and wakes up saying, I'm ready to go, baby, here we go. Do you know what's going to happen? She's going to say, you're ready to go outside. She doesn't want anything to do with me. But it's amazing how at a sporting event, we get swept up with what's going on. What scripture says is that you and I, outside of Christ, are swept up following the course of this world. Swept up by the spirit of this world. And the spirit that drives the sons of disobedience was at work in us. You see, outside of Christ... Not knowing what we're aiming at. Not knowing what our boundaries are. The current of this world swoops us in. It just, it just takes us over. It's amazing how right becomes wrong and wrong becomes right. 
the world's wisdom swoops in and starts sounding like it makes sense. The world's drivers, the things that push us forward. I was talking with a mom the other day, and she said, I was telling her, my grand, late grandmother, she said, I was telling my grandson that, that he should want silver, uh, or Jesus more than silver or gold. And he said, Mom, Grandma, I've got Jesus, but can't I have money too? This idea of this world sweeping in. Church, this morning, I'm telling you, we are allowing the world to not just sweep through the lives of the dead, but the dim. Right? When we allow the world's voice to be the loudest one in our life as Christians, and all of a sudden we find ourselves caught up with opinions and, and practices that aren't have anything to do with Scripture. We start acting in a way that no longer defines us. Well, we aren't supposed to act like what Christ made us different from. One without a rudder, run without the ability to fight, to get out of the stream of the course of this world. The Bible says that Jesus died to make us different. Look back to verse 10. For we are Christ's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in them the word walk is the same word that means to live do you, do you know outside of Christ you are unable to walk in the ways of the, wor of the Lord you are unable to follow the path of the Savior we're, we're unable to go after him now, this doesn't mean you're not able to do something that is nice for someone when Paul got shipwrecked on the island, right? The local men were nice to them. They did good to God's people. That doesn't mean salvation came their way. But, but just doing something nice for someone doesn't mean you're walking in the ways of God. In Christ Jesus, we are able to walk in the ways that Christ has prepared for us ahead of time. No longer a disobedient way, but the intentional ways of God. He's given us some tools to do this. In prayer, we start to understand obedience to God and communion and unity with the Father. In His Word, God has given us a direction to understand His heart and to see His path, a, a tool to fight against the, 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 the motions or the current of this world. In sufferings, God uses hard times to draw us back to him. In celebrations, you should see the celebrations in the Old Testament. God's presence among the people was a cause for rejoicing. God has given us all of these tools, and we're to walk in them. We're to use them to follow hard after Christ. And, and what's amazing is, this is where life is found. Outside of the Lord, you can use the tools all you want. You can pray to some unknown God. You can think nice things, but I'm telling you, you're not made new. But in Christ Jesus, the Bible says these same tools are what God has given us as gift to walk in his ways. You're his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus so that you can walk with God. You are not in need of anything but the Lord, His Word, His plan. His tools equip you how to walk, how to live victoriously. And God makes us different. 
We go a little bit further. The Bible says this. Go back to verse 1 through 3. Starting in verse 3. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body, the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Outside of Christ, church, you and I are a slave to our own passions and desires. We are, we're, we're a slave to our carnal instincts. We could look to the many misuses of the moment. We, we in this world are no different than, than 2,000 years ago, than 5,000 years ago, church. Outside of Christ Jesus, you are a slave to your own passions and desires. You do not have the ability or the freedom to overcome the passions and desires that drive you. It doesn't mean you won't have high points. It doesn't mean that you won't see the sunlight every now and then. But at the end of the day, what you will be a slave to is hedonism it's that it's that denial or the avoidance of pain and the pursuit of personal pleasure that's what life in death feels like or a dead life feels like you see scripture says that outside of christ you are a slave to the desires of your flesh you are carrying out the desires in the body in the mind by very nature, you're a child of wrath and God. This makes sense. I just want to be, if you're this cognitive thinker in the room right now, if Christ is this and without him we are here, you're a dead man walking, following the course and the current that the world whims you in the moment, only able to follow your passions and desires. You are a slave to the carnal. When I look at our world right now, you can't find a headline that's out there, whether it be in our country or another. The name of Christ has been devalued among his body. So many are walking in the dim light, holding it up, calling it Christ. When God says, not at all, don't just follow those passions. Don't find yourself lost in these battles. But instead, you should be new. Go to verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You see, Jesus Christ died and made you new for a purpose, to do something, to mean something. I, I, I was driving down the road the other day. It was, it was no kidding. I was in the parking lot uh, over going to Old Navy to look for some jeans or something like that. And it's, it's so great. As I'm pulling out, there's a church van coming by through the parking lot. It's a senior adult trip, right? Um, they're coming through the parking lot. And, and I'm coming up. And, so, and, and this gentleman, in the name of Jesus hit the gas to make sure that he knew, I knew, don't try to get out, I'm coming, right? Some of you are like, oh, that was me, right? Angry for Jesus. I thought in the moment, Lord, this is the second time this, this thought has hit me this week. Someone shared with me earlier, such and such a person is lost, but it seems like they're nicer than most of the Christians you meet in church. I thought, here's the difference. My passions and my desires can feel in the moment when they, mean, when they make me feel good, when they fill me up, they can look really amazing. In Christ Jesus, you're free to do good works. 
The question is, if your light is dim, are you doing good works? Are you claiming the freedom of Christ and taking advantage of it so that you might live like you're lost? And church, Christians, we should be last in line. That's, that's ugly, isn't it? We, we should be the first to be the kind wave. We should be the people. I was loving. I was talking to a, a neighbor the other day who, who doesn't have a relationship with Christ. It says, you know, when I put a big load out, I put a six-pack of Gatorade out on the road just to say thank you to the trash men. What are the good works? The Bible says in Christ Jesus, you are God's artistic skill. You are able to live in his footsteps. And in the footsteps of God, you are created not to fight the battles. He fights the battles for you. Instead, you wage the war by fulfilling your purpose, doing the good works of God. You know, I think sometimes we as Christians can get our mindset that these stones that we have placed before us or that other people have told us to do are the ones that we have to follow come hell or high water. But we have stopped to let the Spirit give us direction and peace. We, we've, we failed to stop and say, Lord, why don't you lead me? I loved what Sarah and Tracy said. Being on God's course doesn't simply mean that, that where you started is where you'll end. I mean, think about that in your life. I started off a single young man. Then I became married. And now I'm a father. One day... At God's proper time, I'll become a grandfather, right? I won't, I won't end my life the same way that I started, but I'll still be on the same course. I think all too often we come to the Lord thinking that this is how life in Christ feels just under the banner of Jesus. When God says you were created new, you were made different, free to do the good works that God has prepared for you beforehand. You don't have to go looking. You just have to surrender, church. You just have to surrender. Fear will keep you from surrendering. Commitment, devotions to things of this world that you have, you have given yourself to, they will dare you not to surrender. In fact, they will whisper to you in heavenly voices, but in Christ Jesus, you display the artistic skill of your Father. You are able to live behind Him in His ways, and therefore, you are not a slave to passions or desires or opinions of the mind or the body. Instead, you are free to do the good works of God that he has prayed, prepared before you. Not that you've prepared, not that you've proclaimed, that he has prepared. That's life. It, it's like being a child all over again, amen? I mean, think about it. When I was a child, my mom and dad paid all the bills, whether I left the door open or not, and air-conditioned the whole neighborhood, Amen? My parents made sure there was food on the table. I had clothes on my back. My parents provided. I, I loved it. When I'm a man, guess what? I'm providing all those things. How easy would life be if someone just came to you and said, you know what? You don't have to worry about your house payment, your taxes, your insurance. I'm going to give you, God has just blessed me and he's put you on my heart. I, I, 
I've created a, a food allowance that I've just given to your family. College is taken care of. And uh, just because I love you, I own this dealership. You get a new car every eight months. Who's going to be like, no, I'm, I'm a man. I'm going to fend for myself. Nobody. Nobody. You have been given a gift of God. What the Bible says is that you are free to do the good works of God because you are not worrying about where you've been taken. You're not searching a dead man's walk, looking in the wrong places, following what feels appropriate in the moment. You are free to do the good works of God that he prepared for you beforehand. And it should feel that way. The Bible says in verse 3 that you were children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Outside of Christ, you're children of wrath. That's where looking outside the boundaries of God take you. That's where aiming goes. When your passions and desires walk among you, that's it. When you read Proverbs, you hear about the fool walking down the street and the woman, the prostitute, the adulterous woman at the end he says, look, here goes the fool walking close to her house. She's calling out to him. Her feet go down to Sheol. Following the passions and the desires of an aimless life, working outside the boundaries of hope and life and grace with all the other walking dead. It leads to the obvious conclusion death in the wrath of God I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's a coincidence that dead things walking tend to be a current theme that runs through our entertainment industry is it amazing to you how the world says our passions and our desires lead you this way. It's, I, I did a, a study a long time ago that the pornography industry decides who wins, beta or VHS, DVD or HD, Blu-ray or HD+. You see, the things of this world that trap and draw people in through desires and passions of their flesh, which they cannot give up. When murder becomes entertainment, it was that way in the Colosseums, it's that way on TV. When, when death becomes what our life craves, I want to let you know that is not your path. When anger and getting first, when pleasing yourself, when making sure that no one leaves you out becomes your idol that is not what christ died for you for in christ jesus you have been made alive and it's the only way to be made alive listen to verse four through nine the bible says this but god you are all of these things but god being rich in mercy because of his great love for us even when we were dead and out of bounds, trespassing, he made us alive together with Christ. He made us different. He made us new. 
by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ so that in the coming ages he might show us the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Stop for just one moment. This is life in Christ. This is what being made new looks like. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, no longer bound by your passions and your desires, so that you may walk in his ways, the ways he prepared beforehand for you that you can only taste because you are no longer a child of wrath. You are alive in Christ Jesus. Do not return to, his, to your vomit like a dog. Don't go throw pearls before swine. God has made you new. Church, the way that we show the world Jesus Christ is that we live like he made us. Now catch this. You didn't choose him all on your own. He revealed himself to you by his grace. Listen to what scripture says. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God. Not the works of, not the result of works so that no one may boast. Here's what that means. It means you weren't so bad that God's grace didn't come for you. Or it doesn't mean that you need to clean up your life before you can stand before Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that you need to X, Y, and Z. It doesn't even mean that you need to fill in the blanks. The Bible says that it was God. God's grace who made all this possible to you and you receive that grace by the faith that he's provided and the faith that he has provided you is to give you a new life to make you different no longer a slave bound to a wandering deathless eternity that church will lead to the wrath of God eternal separation and we call that hell Christ was given for you you were but God. In Christ, you are new. I want you and I to receive that joy today. This morning, you may be saying, I have been wandering outside of Christ. I have never known that I was a dead man walking till right now. Here's what I want you to know. But God, rich in mercy, because of his great love for you, gave his son Jesus Christ to die and overcome death so that you could walk in his ways. You, by grace of God, you must receive him as Lord and Savior by faith. And then you live as he's called you. Let the, the newness be your constant reminder of his love. Some of you, you've been walking a dim life in Christ. <laughs> Maybe the sanctuary lighting represents where you've been. You know the light of Christ is a part of your world. There's a lot of dark spots. You feel like you're a slave to passions you can't overcome. You feel like you're a child of God's wrath all the time because you, you just keep wandering and searching. God is calling you today to submit, not to search. He's calling you to let go 
and let him fill your hands. He's calling you to stand up and stop searching and let him sweep you up in his spirit. You are God's workmanship. Not you were God's workmanship. In Christ Jesus, if you have confessed him, you are. And he's prepared good works for you to do in Christ Jesus. So you walk in his ways. You live in him. Be encouraged. Today is resurrection day, so to speak. It's a reminder of what he did in you at the beginning. And now you have returned to your first love. And it's time to live for him. However God has called you today, know in Christ you have been made different. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Lord Jesus, the reality is, Father, some of us have forgotten what it was like to live as the walking dead. And somehow our life in Christ now feels like the walking dead. Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would captivate the heart of every believer in here. Lord, that you have fought the battles for us, that there's nothing to fight. You're waging war before us. We're prepared for battle, Lord, but the reality is it's your word that cuts both ways. It's not our handling of the word. It's your shield of faith that you've given us that protected us, not our ability to hold it strong. It's your helmet of salvation that guards us, God, not the right sizing that we fit into. Lord, it's your preparation of our feet that carry the gospel out, not our exercising that makes it possible. Lord Jesus, it's all about you. Lord, I am your workmanship called to walk in your ways made for the good things the good works of Christ that you've prepared just for me beforehand and so now God the life I live I live not in the flesh but by faith alive in Christ Jesus Lord if there's someone in this room that does not know that life would you break them free today and show them the hope that there is in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.